I want to welcome all of you here this morning. So glad that you guys are with us this morning uh, on a cold Sunday morning, but it is warm in here now, and we are going to have a good time together this morning. Uh, if this is your very first time, I want to welcome you. Uh, so glad that you are here. You, you picked the perfect Sunday to be here if this is your first time, because this is Vision Sunday, as we are going to take some time this morning to do things a little bit different. Um, I don't know about you. Um, but other than the cold, I like this season of the year. <laughs> I like January. I like the turning of the calendar. I like kind of a fresh start, get to reset some things, all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, last Sunday, many of you are aware that Amber and I were out of town last week. We, we got to get away for a few days together. We got to go south and get a little sun, which was awesome. But more than that, it was an opportunity for us to kind of hit reset in some areas in our life. Because I don't know what your life is like, but for us, it's really easy for us to get really busy doing the stuff, doing the stuff, and kind of losing sight of some of the most important things. And it's really good every once in a while just to, hey, let's reset, let's reevaluate, let's make sure we come back to the stuff that we say is the most important in our lives. But here's the reality, is this same thing can be true in a church. In a church, we can be really busy doing all the church stuff and miss the stuff that actually matters most, like forgetting about who we are and what we're actually all about. And so every year we have something we call Vision Sunday. This is actually, for Amber and I, this is our fifth Vision Sunday since we've been here at Zoe. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It feels like eternity and it feels like the blip, you know, just so quickly. But um, this is an opportunity for us to just step back from the business. So if you're like a, a guest here, just know this is a different Sunday. Things are gonna be a little bit different. What we're gonna do today, three things. Number one, we're gonna come back to the core of who we are as a church. We're gonna talk about what we are about. What are the things that hold us together here specifically at Zoe? Secondly, we're gonna celebrate a few of the cool things that God did in 2023. But last, we're gonna look toward 2024 and say, where is God calling us? And I wanna be honest, I've never been more passionate or more burdened about what God has spoken to our church and where he wants to lead us this year. And I believe there's something for every single one of you. That's where we're gonna end. So make sure, even if you're with us online, make sure you stick all the way through the end because I believe God has a word for us today, all right? If you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John chapter 10, beginning in verse number 10. John chapter 10, beginning in verse number 10. And if you would, would you stand with me across the room? So we're going to read our text this morning. We say it all the time. This is just our tradition to stand, to say, God, we honor your words over my words. Uh, and if you're a part of Zoe, you have heard this passage before. John 10, verse 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to speak to us today, God. We open our hearts to that, Lord. And I pray today with those of us here in the room, those of us online, God, I pray today that as we close our time together, that there would be a greater sense of unity within our body than we've ever experienced before. God, in a world that is so divided and in a, in a community here that's so diverse, Lord, I pray that there would be a, a shocking level of unity within our body. God, that when people would see us moving in the same direction, they would see a picture of the kingdom of God. We pray that and we ask that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. amen. If you need to stay warm, shake your neighbor, do something like that, okay, and then you can grab a seat, all right? Uh, I mean, no, names have meaning, right? Names have meaning. I'm gonna give you 10 seconds. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to tell them what your name means or tell your neighbor, I have no idea what my name means. So go, 10 seconds, turn to your neighbor. All right, all right, all right. How many of you know what your name means? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you, you say, I have no idea what my name means? Any of you? Okay, a few of you have no idea. That's fine. No worries. 
Some people pick names because they just sound cool. Like we like this, the sound of the name. Some people pick names because they mean something really important. Uh, our daughter's name is Diella. And we think it's a cute name and, and that's great. But, but more than that, we heard this name years and years ago before we had any kids and it means worshiper of God. And we just thought, that's the coolest name. We love that. We're gonna, I can't wait till we have a little girl so we can name her Diella. Took three times to finally get a girl. We had no idea what we were gonna name our boys, but we knew what we were gonna name the girl when we had one. Why am I telling you this? Because when we talk about who we are as a church and where God is calling us as a church, the starting point for us is actually our name. Now, some of you hear the name Zoe and you're like, that's a cool sounding name. I like that. Some of you are like, that is a weird name for a church. I don't understand why is that the name. Uh, but whoever you are, uh, at some point, most people finally get up enough courage to ask me like, what in the world does it mean, Greg? Like, I don't understand the name. And the name Zoe comes back to the passage of scripture that we just read together beginning in John chapter 10. It says it this way. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now see, this church has an amazing history, amazing legacy of faith, years and years and decades of faithful people. There are some people that helped plant this church that are still a part of this congregation 47 years later. It's crazy. And yet at the same time, there was a season when it was evident that the enemy was trying to steal, kill, and destroy the work of God in this place. And here's the deal. My guess is you've experienced it in your personal life as well. There have been moments in your life, there have been seasons in your life when you feel like, man, it feels like all hell is breaking out on my life, on my family, on what I've got going on. We've all experienced that at some point in time. And it's possible the reason that you came this morning is because you are in a season like that right now. And you sense the enemy trying to do a work in your life. But see, Jesus, who spoke these words, gave us a promise following this. He said this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what is that word, life, everyone? Zoe, Zoe, the abundant, overwhelming, overflowing life that is only found in Jesus. Jesus says, listen, when the enemy is trying to destroy, and he will in your life, you can be confident that I am the God who looks to bring you eternal, abundant life. Zoe, life. I want to give it. I want to invest in you. I want to lift you up. I want to fill you with rivers of flowing water. That's what it says in Scripture. Like, that's who he is. And we sense God saying that over our congregation, that this would be your name, Zoe, but more than just being a name, this is what I'm going to do. And over and over again, over the last several years, we have seen God move. Some of you are testimony of that, where you've walked in this place and experienced the presence of God, and your lives have been transformed, and your families have been transformed. In fact, in first service, I met a person who came up to me before service and said, man, in three weeks, God has totally transformed my life as I joined this community here at Zoe. It's unbelievable to see what God has done. And it's only because of him. It's not because of us. It's never us. It's not about us. It's about his glory, about what he said he would do. And he continues to do it over and over again. And we pray that that would be the marker. When people walk in these doors, they don't experience a nice group of people, but they experience a community that is filled with the Zoe life that's only found in Jesus. And through that, they'd see their lives transformed. See, that's the starting point who we are, but there's, there's three other statements that we say on a regular basis. I've been sharing these for five years since we've been here. But these, are the, these have become our core values here as a congregation that guide who we are. The first statement we talk about is this, is that we are gospel-centered. 
You know, some churches want to be centered on their preaching, they're centered on their music, they're centered on their programming, and hopefully we do all of those things well, but at the end of the day, we are not centered on any of those things. We are centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that the God of the universe so loved the world that they, he sent his one and only son into the world to redeem and restore all of mankind back to himself, to pay the penalty for our sin, to do what we could not do for ourselves, to invite us into his kingdom. And then the good news is, get Guess what? You don't have to try living for this God all on your own. No, he puts his Holy Spirit inside of you to empower you to do what you could never do for yourself. That's the good news of the gospel. See, the gospel isn't something that we just hear. It's something we are invited to live. And for those of you here, listen, your kids, I don't want your kids to be just good church kids. I want them grounded in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't want your teenagers to be a good church kid. I want them grounded because at the end of their life, it doesn't matter. You know being a good moral person or go being a a church person is gonna solve anything. It's only the good news of what Christ has made available to us. That's what we center ourselves on, all right? The second thing we say around here is we say we embrace the struggle. Some of you, life isn't easy sometimes, right? In church, we do a really good job of faking it, right? You walk in, you've had a really rough morning. You walk in and all of a sudden you just put the face on. You're like, oh, everything's great in my life. Oh, blessings, everything's great. Like that's nauseating, isn't it? Like, I don't want to be a part of that. But we have a tendency to do that. And guess what? We around here, we say, you know, we embrace the struggle. We embrace the struggle of life. Because how I many life isn't easy sometimes? Like you go through hard stuff in your life and it does not make you more spiritual to ignore that reality. No, you can be honest when you go through something hard. Are we victors in Christ? Absolutely. And sometimes we walk through hard stuff. And if you're willing to be honest about the struggles you've got going on in your life, guess what happens? You create a safe space for somebody else to be honest about what they're going through. And it's only there that God can begin to move in their heart, right? But we don't just say we embrace the struggle of life. We say we embrace the struggle of faith because how many know faith isn't always easy? There are moments in faith where you suddenly are wrestling things that you've never wrestled before. There's questions you're asking you've never asked before. And a lot of times in the church world, we don't make space for that to say, oh, don't talk about that there. Don't ask that question. Guess what, teenager, when you got hard questions, this is a place where you can ask them. Guess what, you know, young adult, when you're struggling with stuff, guess what, this is a safe place where you can have those conversations. Oh, we're gonna point you back to the word. We're gonna point you back to the hope in Christ. But you can do that here. You can embrace that because when you're willing to be honest about where you really are, then God can actually begin to work in your life. Faking it doesn't work for anybody, right? So we embrace the struggle. Third thing we say is we are the church. We don't go to church. We don't do church. We are the church. Church isn't a building. Church isn't an event. It's you and me. See, this is, you know, on Sunday mornings, I get up and I'll say, hey, good morning, Zoe. So glad you're here. I don't talk to this inanimate, you know, organization that's out there. So no, Zoe is us, like is us. Like the buildings are great. I love that we have a building, right? But that's not that important. What matters is us here. We are the community. God hasn't invited us into a thing where we sit and just like sit in a gathering once a week for an hour. No, he's invited us to be a reflection of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That's the gift that we have. If you missed last Sunday's message, you've got to go back and watch it. Pastor Jordan killed it last Sunday. But he said this message. He said the big so was, you do it. Like you're a follower of Christ. You are the royal priesthood. You do it. You are called. You are the church. I am the church. And there are people in your life, there are people at your workplace, there are people in your school, people in your home that the only reflection of the kingdom of God they will ever get is you. You are the only church they will ever experience. 
And so if you're looking for a church where you can check in for an hour on Sunday and like go about your business, this isn't the church for you. You will be annoyed with me on a regular basis because I challenge you to go beyond that because God's invited us into something so much better than that. And I would equally say if these three statements are things that you're like, I don't like those things, this is not gonna be a good church for you, okay? Because this is who we are. This is who we will continue to be. And our desire is to embody this so that we can see more and more people experience the life of Christ. Amen? Awesome. Well, uh, as we kind of go on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to 2024 in a minute, but I just wanna take a moment uh, to highlight just a few fun things that happened in 2023 here uh, for us. Like all years, there were some challenges <laughs> and there were some really amazing things that took place. And all things we've seen, God moving. We sang it earlier, even when I don't see it, you're moving. Even when I don't feel it, you're working, Lord. Uh, we saw that happen this past year. Our community has continued to grow uh, throughout the year. And whether it's kids or whether it's youth or whether it's the adults, our, con- our community has continued to grow and grow and grow on Sundays. This is the first year uh, we average over 800 on every Sunday uh, of the week, uh, which is really cool to see that happen. This past fall, we were averaging 841 on a weekly basis that were worshiping with us on Sunday. And on Christmas Eve, if you were here, it was packed. We had 1,584 people join us for Christmas Eve. It's the largest service we've ever had here, and it smelled uh, like it was Christmas Eve around here. <laughs> it, was, it was a packed house. There were not a lot of chairs available in this room. Um, but beyond just in the room, what God has been doing, we've been seeing our, our ability to reach those uh, all around the world through our online. We've, we've gone from being, you know, 70 to 80 devices worshiping with us on a weekly basis to now about 120 uh, devices worshiping with us on a weekly basis, which represents several hundred people. So there's a third service that's happening outside of this room on a weekly basis that we don't even know about. And because of all that, I don't really give a rip about those numbers. The number that matters is that through that, we've seen over 100 people make decisions for faith this past year. That's what matters. That's why we do what we do, to see people come to faith. Uh, This last year, you know, one of our themes was go, um, and that we would see, you know, how can we see our lives as the go? And so we had uh, sent out three missions trips for the very first time since COVID. It's been a while since we've been able to send out trips, and and God did some amazing things through that. But beyond just the go, we were also able to give like never before. And we've got some crazy teenagers around here that that love Jesus and want to give extravagantly. And this past year, our youth gave $84,000 for Speed the Light. That's not us. This isn't our money, the adult money. This is the teenagers raising that money and investing in the kingdom of God. That's so amazing. Uh, through us, the adults, as our, our normal ties and offering, you know the first 10% that comes in, we send back out to support our monthly missionaries. We've got over 60 missionaries and missions organizations that we support. And through that, we were able to give $157,000 this last year to support missions all around the world. You add that to our kingdom builders, which is our above and beyond giving, and we had $278,000 that was given for kingdom builders this last year. So the grand total, we sent out the doors this last year, $520,000 that we were able to invest in the kingdom of God all around the world. And I don't say that for any other reason but to say that's, that's stuff that matters. This isn't money that went to us. This is you saying, you know what? I want to have the heart of God. I want to give to things that matter. I want to give so somebody else can hear the hope of Christ. And because of that, there are people all over this planet that have come to faith because of your faithfulness and your generosity. That's when we look like Christ the most is when we choose to give selflessly for somebody else. And I'm just so proud of you guys and excited to be able to lead this church. 
And so, uh, so I want to lean into some things in 2024 here. I'm going to get to the heart in a moment, but just want to fly over a couple things real quick in 2024. Uh, first off, I want to talk about our three core rhythms. Uh, if you're not around here regularly, there's three things that I challenge everybody here at Zoe to engage with. Number one is this, Sunday. Sunday, that this gathering, that, that this would be a priority, rather than Sunday being the, the thing that only works out when it works into your schedule, that you would say, no, I'm going to be a part of this community on a weekly basis. Because if we are the church, then when you're not here, we're missing something. Part of our body is not here. And so I want to challenge this year, like never before, to lean in and say, I'm going to commit to being a part of things on a regular basis. Second thing that we challenge everyone to is our groups. Every one of us needs to be connected intimately with other believers to challenge one another. And it isn't just what you get out of a group, it's what you bring to a group that can make a difference. And for some of you, you are committed followers of Christ and you have something to pour into someone else's life. And so this year, I challenge every single one of you, as we said, next week, we've got our group launch uh, for the winter. See how you could lean in. We've got a number of spots available and would love to see you guys lean in and bring value that way. But the third thing that we challenge everyone in is to find a place to serve. Find a place to serve. And I know there's some of you here, you've been attending maybe a couple of weeks, maybe you've been attending a couple of months, or maybe you've been attending a couple of years and you love this church and you love being a part of our weekend experiences, but you've never taken a, play, a, a step to serve in some way, to give. You've been receiving, but you've never taken a step to give as a part of our body. As a family, all of us have to take a step. We've all been gifted in some way to bless this community here that we mutually can encourage one another. And so I wanna challenge you to take that step. If you've never been to Next Step class, that's the great way to do that. The first step to kind of get engaged that way is to attend Next Step. And I know what you're saying. If you're like, well, I've been here for two years and you say that class is for people who are new or newer. Great, if you haven't gotten involved, that's still the class for you. And so I would challenge you that this would be the year that you actually step in and start engaging in the ministry here. All right, and so next Sunday, 920 is Next Step. I encourage you to get registered for that. But there's others of you that have been committed. You're like, you're committed to this body. You love this body and you've never taken the step of becoming an official member of this church, making that step of commitment. I would just challenge you that this would be the year to do that, that you would lean in and say, hey, we're all in, right? It's a, there's no perfect church, okay? I'm a part of this church, which means it ain't a perfect church, but, but you're gonna take the step to say, I'm committed anyways. And, uh, and if you wanna do that, we have membership class coming two Sundays from today at 12.15, but prerequisite for membership class is... Next step class. And so make sure you get registered. You can register for those online, all right? A couple other things real quick is that we're gonna be sending out missions trips again this year. We've got a couple of trips uh, that are coming up, some really great opportunities. We'll get details out to that in the coming weeks. So be looking for that. But uh, we have a, an amazing opportunity that's gonna be coming up on a monthly basis here. One of the desires we have is to start partnering with our local missions a little bit more. We have a bunch of local organizations that we partner with around here. And, uh, and we have a, a young leader, Nikki Baranek here, who is a part of our congregation, and she has stepped on as our local outreach coordinator. And each month, she's going to be coordinating an opportunity for us to partner with one of those local missions. So on January 26th, we have the very first opportunity partnering with ICCM Life Center downtown. We're going to be doing some ministry with them downtown. And so each month, there's going to be another opportunity with a different partner. And so this year, it might not be one of those things that you do every, every month, but maybe there would be a month, hey, once, one time this year, I'm going to take a step outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going to engage in ministry here in a different way, in some way with one of our partners, all right? So I think that's an opportunity coming up. The last thing I want to mention uh, detail-wise is our care ministries. Um, we have uh, four different areas of care ministry that we're leaning into this year. As normal, we've got our marriage mentoring. Uh, if you ever go through a season in your marriage, we've got mentors that are ready to come alongside you and take advantage of that. I would, I would encourage you toward that. The second one is our market day. That is the fourth Tuesday of every month. 
And uh, this might be a year you might say, hey, I would wanna step in and, and serve and be a part of volunteering for that ministry. It's a really powerful ministry. Third thing that we have is our recovery ministry that's every Tuesday at 6.30. For some of you, this might be a year for you to step in. Say, I, I, I need the ministry there. I, I need some encouragement in that area of my life. But there's a brand new one that I'm excited to unveil here today, and that is a men's purity group. I'm gonna say this. If statistics are true, then there is a large percentage of men in this room right now that are struggling in a sexual addictive behavior in some way. And you're living in shame because you wish that weren't the case. And you don't know where to go. You don't know who to talk to. So you just stay in the shadows. I get that. There's a lot of men in that same place. But here's the good news. Is there's freedom in that area of your life. There's victory in that area of your life. And we've got a man here at the church who's walked through that healing himself. And he's uh, you know, starting this group beginning February 13th. If you go to our events page, you can uh, find out more information and get registered for this group that's gonna be starting. Um, but it's an opportunity for you as a man to actually find the freedom that you long for, the, lo- the freedom that you desire in your life. And so I would challenge some of you men that this would be the year that you step out of the shadows. You stop allowing that thing to control you and to put you in shame. I think in a lot of times in our marriages, we shrink back because the enemy has allowed us to think we don't deserve it because of the things that we're involved in in a quiet. And I believe this is a year you could step out of that and actually step into the role as a leader in your home as God's called you to, all right? And so that opportunity is coming up. And so I'd encourage you to check that out again. February 13th is when that launches. Well, these are just a few of the details, just a few of the things that we're gonna be doing in 2024. But as I close our time here today, I wanna just come to the heartbeat of what I've sensed God calling us to. Um, A few months ago when we began praying uh, for 2024, I felt God give me a phrase and a passage. And I, and I wanna be able to share that with you. We said it earlier that God wants every one of us to experience his Zoe life, right? So we said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. There is more available for you. And yet so often God gets pushed out of our lives, right? We've got so many other things going on. God gets pushed out and we end up ignoring him. We so easily get distracted by the swirling world around us. Like, you know exactly what I mean. Like, God gets drowned out by the flood of activities that you have in your life. The front of busyness. Like, in, in my life, we've got stuff we're always doing. We're constantly running kids from here to there, and there's activities and all this kind of stuff. And then beyond the activities in life, there's all the extra stuff. There's the media stuff, right? You got your phone, and there's all the distractions and social media that gets you, and YouTube that gets you, and all the distractions. And it feels overwhelming. And you try to connect with God, but there's just all this other noise in your life. And you get distressed, and there's the issues you have at work, the issues you have, you know, at school, and all this other stuff. And it just, it's like, what? But what would happen this year if we did something different? If we didn't allow the normal flow of life that a lot of times we experience to overwhelm us? There's two words that God put on my heart for this year, and the words were this, make room. What would happen if we would make room for God to move in our lives this year? We actually believe that he is king of all. Like if we actually believe that he wanted to give us Zoe life, like 
if we believe that, what if we actually make room for him to do that in our hearts this year? If we would make room for eternal things, not just saying, God, you're important, but living as if he were important, what would that look like in our life? Rather than going through the flow and letting busy rule the day, because that's what we all answer. How you doing? Busy. How you doing? Busy. We're all busy. Right? Every single one of us says that on a regular basis. What if rather than letting busy control our lives, what if we would make room for him? What if rather than, than just allowing the king of the universe to be put on a shelf that we pull out for an hour on Sunday, what if we would actually make room for the king of the universe in our lives? What if we would make space to receive all that he actually has for us? It's a passage that, that God put on my heart for us this year, and it's found in Isaiah chapter 54. And I want to pull this up. Uh, prophet Isaiah uh, is given a word for God's people. See, they had just experienced uh, exile, and, and he's trying to speak this word of encouragement to their heart. And this is what he says to them. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Now, what is he saying there? Like, I don't understand what that means, Greg. Okay, what is he saying here? He's making a promise. The second half is he's making a promise. He says, listen, I've got more for you. There's all this stuff that I want to give you. I'm going to give you more land and more space. There's all this stuff that I have for you. But before that, he says, you're going to have to stretch your tent pegs out a little bit. Right? Your tent is only big enough to, to receive what you've already received. If you want to receive more, you're going to have to make some room for it. Like you're going to have to move the tent pegs out a little. You're going to have to strengthen those stakes, right? So that I can do what I've never done before in your life. And I believe that this prophetically is a word for us as a church this year. I believe that there are things in your personal life, there are things for us corporately that we are not in a place that we're ready to receive. Our tent is not big enough yet. We have not appropriately made room for God to do what he really wants to do in our lives. I believe for some of you this year, there are areas in your family that God wants to do work that you've never seen before. In your marriages, there are things that God wants to do. There are things in your heart and in your mind that there's healing that he has wanted to bring to your life that you have never experienced simply because you have never made room for him to work in your heart and in your life. I believe there is wisdom. There's some of you that are craving God's wisdom in your life, but you need to make room for it. I believe there's direction he wants to give. I believe there's provision he wants to give. I believe that the Holy Spirit desires to fill you with more of his power like never before. There is purpose for you. There is hope. There is peace. There is joy. There is life that he has for you. And I believe that for some of you, God is calling you to a greater mission. He is a calling over your life. You feel like he's forgotten you. You feel like he's put you on a shelf somewhere. But God says, no, I have more for you. The question is, will you make room for him to actually speak to you? Will you make room in your life to receive it? Will you take the tent pegs of your life so that you can receive everything that God has for you this year? He's not done with you. I don't care if you're a teenager. I don't care if you're 90 years old in this room. He's not done with you. There is more for you. But if we are going to receive what he has intended we have to make room for it. So the big so what this morning is just a very simple question that I want us to ask ourselves, and it's this. 
What do you need to do to make room? What do you need to do in your life to make room? Because I don't know what your life is like, but guess what? I don't ever find room in my life. I mean, when's the last time you had a day where you're like, oh my word, I have all this free time. I've got nothing to do. Like very rarely does that ever happen. You know, if I, if I want something in my life, I don't find room, I have to make room. Like there has to be intention about it. Because even if I don't have anything in a day, I, it will get filled up with something if I am not intentional about it. So the question is, what do you need to do to make room to receive all God has for you this year? What do you need to do? As a congregation, this is the burden that God has put on my heart for us. And there's some things that he's put on my heart. In, in addition to just our normal gatherings that God's just calling us to, to make a little more room in our gatherings for him to move in a special way. Um, there's a few rhythms that we felt God speak into our heart over this last year that we as a congregation would make room for him. What are some of those? Some of the things that, that we started within the last few months, about six months ago, was our men's prayer, our monthly men's prayer, the first Wednesday of every month, 6.30 to 7.30 a.m. These have been in, in very encouraging times as we as men have come together. In fact, the men were just this past Wednesday night, were here praying and interceding over this room. They prayed over the chair you're sitting in right now. They prayed that God would speak to you. They prayed that God would have his hand on you today. All right? And this is a rhythm. And I know many of you men have joined us for one of those men's prayer. My challenge to you this year is would you make room in your life? Would you build this as one of those moments every month where you say, God, it's a little inconvenient to my schedule. You're right, it is. It's a little inconvenient to your sleep too. But you're gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna get up and be here. I'm gonna make this a part. I'm gonna make room. I'm moving the tent pegs a little bit so that I can meet with God in a deeper level. Another rhythm that we've had around here is our worship night. But beyond just it being, you know, an infrequent thing, we felt God call this to be a monthly experience here for us. So every single month we have a worship night. And this is an opportunity. It isn't like, hey, let's just go sing some songs. No, it's a time for us to make room in our lives. We're not here to listen to me preach. We're not here to listen to any of those. We're here to worship and honor God, to make room in our lives for Him. And I would challenge you in your life that you would say, you know what, I'm gonna prioritize that this year. That corporately, I believe God wants to do some things in our congregation. In those nights of worship, I believe are gonna be times where God moves supernaturally with us. The third rhythm is one that we haven't talked about from this stage yet. And that's something we're calling the prayer room. Um, every other Tuesday night, right here in this room, uh, the next time is gonna be here in two days. Uh, we have an environment that we just started a few weeks ago called the prayer room. This isn't a service. This isn't a perfect plan. This isn't any of those kind of things. It's just an opportunity for us to meet with God. It begins at 6.30 and runs until it's done. It might be 8 o'clock. It might be 8.30, whenever it's done. And uh, there would be somebody maybe on the keys just leading a little bit of worship. There might be somebody on a guitar. There'll be somebody leading some corporate times of prayer together. But there's also space for you just to be with God amidst other believers. This isn't a, there's no childcare, there's none of that. You just show up. If you wanna bring a kid, bring your kid in. It's one of those things, if you can show up for 30 minutes, you don't have to be here the whole time. Come join for a portion of it, step in. But it's an environment to just simply say, God, I wanna shut the world out for a few moments because I got enough of that right now and I need, to, I need to prioritize you and being with you just for a few moments. And it's been every time that, that I've joined, it's been so, so powerful um, just to be with God like that. And so I, I genuinely believe this next year, that, that what God does in these experiences will impact what we experience here on a Sunday morning, will impact what's going on in your home and in your family. 
as we prioritize, as we corporately make space and make room in our lives for him. That's what we're gonna do corporately, but the question is still coming back to what do you need to do to make room in your life this year, like never before? I think there's four things that we may need to do. Some of you, there might be something you need to turn up. What do you need to turn up in your life? Maybe you're somebody who like, I I read my power verse every day. Well, maybe you need to turn that up a little and say, God, I, I wanna get into your word at a deeper level than I do right now. I don't wanna just like read it every once. Like I wanna get like daily get into your word. I'm gonna give you an opportunity here about something in a few moments. Maybe there's some relationships in your life that you need to turn up. Like, hey, these are the ones that actually challenge me spiritually. I need to actually invest in those relationships more. Lay some of the other stuff aside. Maybe for some of you, it is like the Sunday gathering. Like you come once a month and you're like, I need to turn that dial up a little bit. Maybe there's some, I need to be here a little more regularly to be challenged in my faith. For some of you, there might be some things you need to turn down. Right? It's not that they're awful. They're not horrible, but they just kind of lead you the wrong way. Maybe there's a relationship in your life. You know, I need, to, like, I need to reduce how much I'm with this person because of the way that it's impacting me negatively. Maybe I need to turn down some voices in my life. Maybe I need to turn down things like YouTube and social media that's grabbing so many of my hours a day. I need to just turn it down a little bit. It's not all horrible, but it's, it's eating too much. I need to turn that down a little bit. Maybe there's some things this year that you need to start. Like some of you, you've never, I, we talk about small group, you've never been in a small group before. You've never had other believers challenging you like that. Maybe there's some other thing that you need to lean in. You felt God calling you to, but you've never taken a step to actually do it. Would this be the year that you just start? Whatever the thing is. And then for others of you, there's something that you need to stop. So you need to be done. I felt like it this morning when I was praying that there's somebody here, there's a relationship in your world and you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong and you've just never had the guts to end it. And this might be the year you say, God, I'm done with this thing that's taken me the wrong way. This is corrupt and this is wrong. There might be some of you that maybe it is one of those issues of addiction and this is the year you say, I gotta be done with this. I'm done. I don't wanna play around with this anymore. I've gotta stop this and I need to take steps to enable that to happen. I don't know what it is for you. But here's what I know is the God of the universe desires to meet with you. There is more he has in store for you. There is more he wants to do in your life. There is more he wants to do through your life, but it will only happen as we make room, as we move the tent pegs of our life, as we intentionally make room to meet with him, to give him space in our world. Think about Jesus. Jesus, the son of God, what did he do regularly? He left the crowd, he left the busy, and he made room to be with the father the Son of God, the perfect one made room. How much more do you think we need that in our lives? If we're gonna step into everything God has for us, man, I'm just praying over my life. Like, I don't want, this isn't, I'm not just preaching to you, right? I'm preaching to myself. Greg, Greg, where do you need to move the tent pegs this year? Like, where do you need to make change? What do you need to dial down? What do you need to dial up this year so that you can be in a place? Because the last thing I wanna do as a pastor here, last thing I would wanna be is a lid to what God wants to do in this place, that I wouldn't make the room to hear from him when he's wanting us to step out, right? I wanna do that in my life and I want that for your life. What does it look like this year? I invite you to stand with me across the room. We're just going to take a few moments to respond here today. I've invited the worship team to sing a song. Shockingly, the name of the song is Make Room. But I don't want this to just be a cute little moment of singing a catchy song. I want this to be an altar moment 
You know what an altar is? An altar is a place where you consecrate yourself before the Lord. It's a, it's a, it's a moment that you can remember. In the Old Testament, there would be these altars they would set up to remember what God did. And, and my prayer is that today would be one of those pivoting moments in our lives. As we step into this year, that we would, that we would intentionally do some things differently than we've been doing them already. And I felt God just call this this morning. And so I wanna challenge you. If you are here this morning and you're with me, you're saying, Greg, I'm with you, Greg. I don't, I don't wanna go through business as usual. I don't wanna go through the motions this year. I wanna make room in my life for Christ like never before. I wanna, I wanna step that way. If that's you this morning, I want you to do something we don't ordinarily do. I want you to step out of your row where you're standing right now. And I want you to just get down to this altar right now. And we're gonna corporately respond to Christ for a moment, okay? Step out of your seats. If that's you, you're feeling, God, God, I want to step out of the comfort. I want to step out of the normal, and I want to pursue you, Jesus. Would you just do that? Respond to him, and our team's going to lead us here for a few moments.